Hello, I'm Zev Neuwirth, and welcome to Creating a New Healthcare, a podcast series for healthcare leaders who are interested in fresh perspectives, new ideas, and bold solutions on how to advance the creation of a customer-oriented, value-based, and humanistic system of healthcare. The views I express on this podcast are solely my own and do not represent the views of any other person or organization. Folks, this podcast will be the most unusual I've ever recorded. I'll be sharing some thoughts and sentiments with you and announcing what will be a limited series of podcast interviews focused on the emerging COVID-19 pandemic. The title of the series is How COVID-19 is Reframing Healthcare in America. I'll essentially be interviewing leaders and asking two specific questions. How is COVID-19 currently changing the way you and others are delivering healthcare? And secondly, how do you believe COVID-19 will irreversibly change and transform healthcare delivery in the future of American healthcare? But before we get into that, let's step back a moment and allow me to lay the backdrop that uh, has led me to initiate this podcast series. So it's March 25th, 2020, as we record this session. We in this country and across the globe are being swept up in the initial and unsettling waves of the COVID-19 coronavirus 2 pandemic. It's, it's hard to believe that it's only been three months since China notified the World Health Organization of the emergence of a new mysterious viral pneumonia in its Wuhan province. It's only been two months since the WHO declared this a global public health emergency and since the first case was reported in the United States, it's only been two weeks since the WHO labeled COVID-19 a pandemic and the U.S. public health emergency was declared over this national coronavirus outbreak. You know, at the present moment, over 400,000 people worldwide have tested positive for the coronavirus and nearly 20,000 people have died. In the United States, approximately 50,000 people have tested positive, although that number is likely a gross underestimate due to the lack of testing kits, which is currently being resolved. You know, it's a bit surreal. The concepts and the words we're using now, I would venture to say uh, most of us never heard before and never expected we would be experiencing terms like social distancing, quarantining, shelter in place, lockdown, and horizontal and vertical interdictions. You know, most of us never thought we'd see a time in this country where the hospital beds, the ICU beds, and ventilators would be overwhelmed by a need for them. A major focus of the medical community right now is keeping patients out of doctor's offices, out of exam rooms, out of emergency departments, and out of hospitals. Elective procedures and, and tests have been canceled and postponed. And the goal here, of course, is to prevent the spread of this virus in those clinical settings. Another goal is to maintain the capacity of hospital beds to accommodate the expected surge of people that will require them due to the coronavirus. And a third goal is to protect our providers, to shield them from personal harm, and also to maintain a viable and healthy provider workforce. You know, a lot of the public health efforts uh, have been around the use of social distancing, keeping people from gathering, whether at work or socially, keeping people at home in this, again, so-called shelter in place. So we're seeing restaurants and bars being closed and schools shut down, including college campuses. Employers have limited uh, the employees that actually go into the office, requesting and now demanding that they work from home. 
you know, interestingly enough, there are some side effects and unintended consequences from these public health efforts. And in fact, I'm planning to post a LinkedIn article on this topic this week. The social distancing and lockdown efforts and initiatives are really impacting people's health and well-being. We're witnessing a profoundly negative impact on the so-called social determinants of health, which are a major contributor to health and wellness in our country, as well as healthcare utilizations and costs. And these social determinants include things like food security, lack of basic supplies such as toiletries, uh, transportation, income, education, social isolation. And these are all being impacted not only by the COVID-19 pandemic, but by our public health interventions. And if this pandemic continues for the next few weeks or months as it's expected to, and if we continue the current public health efforts that are underway, I suspect we're going to see a second wave of this tsunami, a wave of illness, a wave of ED visits, a wave of hospitalizations that are a function of the impact on these social determinants of health. Now, I'm not suggesting by any means that we shouldn't be doing what we're doing now in terms of our initial public health efforts. It makes sense to me. And again, I know that there are some articles being written currently in the last few days that have challenged these efforts, but that's not my point. My point is that we need to recognize that the social determinants of health, there's an exacerbation, there's a negative impact, and I'm suggesting that we need some parallel deployment to address those. Now, just on a more personal note, as have many of you, I've been so privileged to be deeply engaged and part of the larger medical effort underway to combat the the COVID-19 pandemic. Right now, like many of you, we are preparing for the surge of expected people that will require medical treatment and hospitalizations and ICU beds. You know, I've spent the past few days working in my own healthcare system. And again, I feel so privileged to be able to work on this. And, you know, with all that's being said, the stark realities of the present moment, as well as the unknowns that lay ahead in terms of the extent and the timeline of this pandemic, There has been, in my estimation and observation, another incredible surge across this country, a surge of humanitarian mission and innovation, a surge of empathy and hope, a surge of teaming collaboration and transformation. I've seen community-based organizations and local community-based groups that are rallying to bring food and supplies and medication to the elderly and more vulnerable people in our communities. Large retail stores have created protected time for the elderly to come into shop, typically in the early mornings before others are allowed to enter the stores. The federal government and state governments are rallying to create funding and relief. In fact, I just read this morning that the federal government Congress has passed a $2 trillion bill to offer aid for individuals, families, and small businesses, as well as for healthcare providers and healthcare organizations. You know, my immediate purview is within the healthcare system, and I can't begin to tell you how awestruck I am by the creativity, the ingenuity, the teamwork and collaboration I've been witnessing and privileged to be a part of. You know, numerous healthcare leaders have remarked recently that there has been more deployment of innovative initiatives such as telehealth and virtual care in the past month than in the year or two before. It's difficult to uh, articulate the extent of gratitude that I and others have for frontline providers who are seeing patients in the clinics, in emergency rooms, and hospitals. 
it's an inspiring example of the mission of healthcare. I have to tell you that I, I know this and I live this firsthand. My wife is an infectious disease doctor. Every day I see her donning her white coat and heading to the hospital. She and tens of thousands of doctors and nurses and PAs and med technicians and assistants, as well as administrators, are putting themselves in harm's way each day and each night to fulfill their professional mission to serve patients, to serve the communities, and to serve our country's health. They're doing this without fanfare, without recognition, and without additional pay. They're doing it, as my wife put it to me this morning, they're just doing their job. Well, you know, I would suggest to you that it's far beyond that. These providers are saving lives and preventing the loss of lives. They're providing hope and healing. They are our backstop. And as I explicitly do in each and every episode of this podcast, I try to express the gratitude that we all have for each and every one of them for their collective effort and for what it means to us. You know, it's times like this that we all nod our heads in agreement because of the very personal impact these professionals, these healthcare professionals have on our lives and the lives of our family. I want to turn right now to just articulating or sharing with you why I'm launching this limited series on the COVID-19 pandemic. The purpose of this podcast from the moment I launched it uh, over two and a half years ago has been to identify, to recognize, appreciate, and share the work of bold, courageous leaders and entrepreneurs who are successfully transforming healthcare. I launched this podcast because I knew that there were individuals and organizations who were stepping up and standing out, divergent thinkers and doers who were making healthcare more accessible, more affordable, more empathetic, more consumer-oriented and safer. They were not only increasing the value of healthcare, but they were actually improving health outcomes. They were actually humanizing healthcare delivery in our country and across the world. I launched this podcast because I couldn't tolerate the status quo and I could no longer accept the backsliding incremental improvements we had been witnessing for decades in our healthcare system. I launched this podcast because the facts and the stats were clearly demonstrating that we were falling behind instead of surging ahead in terms of the overall health of individuals, families, and communities across this country. I launched the podcast because I believe we needed a different type of conversation, a different type of community in healthcare, one that was focused on reframing, redesigning, and reorganizing the system. I believe this so much that I not only launched the podcast, I also wrote a book on reframing healthcare, which was published in April of 2019, just a year ago. And in that book, I outlined the steps and the roadmap that I saw these pioneers marching down. Well, now, in very much the same vein, I am reaching out to these future-facing humanistic leaders in healthcare. You know, as I observed these Herculean efforts around me of healthcare providers and leaders and systems, I feel compelled to contribute, to use my podcast platform to bring light to how this pandemic is accelerating the reframing of American healthcare in real time. And to that end, I am launching this limited podcast series entitled How COVID-19 is Reframing Healthcare in America. I'm going to be reaching out and asking these healthcare leaders two specific questions. How is the COVID-19 pandemic immediately changing the way you are delivering healthcare and how Will COVID-19 reframe American healthcare for years to come?
Please make no mistake about this one key point, though. These issues, these topics, these examples I'm going to share with you, these are not futuristic projections. These are not hypotheses. These are not ideas. I am not, nor I've ever been a futurist. I am an empiricist. I need to see to believe. The people I have been interviewing and will be interviewing for this podcast are making transformations that are here in the present moment. It's been said that the future is already here. It's just not spread evenly. The people I am interviewing and their examples that I'm showcasing on this podcast, they're really representatives of the future, a future that is already here, just not here everywhere. As you'll note in this limited series, as in my previous podcast, my purpose is not to critique. My purpose is to recognize, to appreciate, and to share with you. The folks I've been speaking with are the same type of people that Steve Jobs referred to in his Apple Think Different campaign as the, the rebels, the troublemakers, the ones who see things differently. They're the ones that often get ostracized and marginalized and criticized, but they're the ones that change the world with their profound sense of humanitarian purpose and empathy, with their unassailable autonomy and authenticity, and with their infatigable integrity, conviction, and commitment to making the world a better, more hopeful, and more humane place. I'd like to conclude this podcast with a quote from the final pages of my book on reframing healthcare, because I want to underscore that this podcast, the people I interview, and people like you, what this is about is it's about catalyzing meaningful and mission-based leadership. So if you'll allow me just a moment here. This is from page 248 and 249 of Reframing Healthcare, a Roadmap for Creating Disruptive Change. The role of leadership today is not just to provide healthcare, but to restore trust in our integrity, authenticity, and motivation, in our honesty and transparency, and in our competence. What this moment in healthcare history is calling for, what our customers, communities, corporations, and country are calling for, are pioneering leaders who are compelled to change the trajectory of healthcare in the US. Consider this an invitation to embark upon the Reframe Roadmap, an invitation to be an active participant in this historic moment in healthcare. But like most invitations, the time to reply will come and go. How are you going to respond? Friends, I hope you'll join me in this new venture this new podcast series and this new adventure. I hope you'll join me in this window of opportunity that's been thrust upon us. I hope you'll join me in creating a new healthcare. Again, my friends, until next time, be safe and be well.